This podcast is brought to you by DNA Ticks, the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNA Ticks is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNA Ticks token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast is brought to you by DNAtix the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNAtix is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNAtix token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Dr. James Blum. He's the chairman of the advisory board of a company called Clue Medical. So Dr. Blum or James, how are you doing today? Uh, It's it's great to be here. It's a a beautiful day and always a great opportunity to talk about the exciting things that are being done at Clue. Well, great. Tell me about what's the premise of the the company, first of all. So uh, Clue is a uh, artificial intelligence and applied to medicine company. Uh, And the original uh, goal of the organization was to uh, start looking at prediction of clinical deterioration of patients that are most vulnerable, those in the intensive care unit, uh, spawned by uh, deaths of patients with potentially preventable problems that would start to occur in the uh, in the ICU, but may be left undetected uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and the idea behind the original founding of the company was that there's a lot of high-level advanced monitoring that we use in intensive care units to help assess patients, but frequently the signals that we get from from those patients aren't adequately interpreted uh, by people. And there was the thought that there could be artificial mm. intelligence applied to those signals uh, to detect changes in those patients earlier. Um, what well, what's the typical the suite of um, things that are monitored when someone's in ICU? Right. So uh, we start off in the ICU with very basic know-and monitoring that you may see on a, uh, on a screen in a movie or in a television show, things that continuously monitor someone's uh, heart rate, their respiratory rate, their blood pressure, um, uh, and something called the, uh, 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 their O2 saturation or their, their saturation of the blood with the amount of oxygen they have in it. Uh, those are sort of the routine things that are monitored. Uh, those are collected uh, routinely. Those vital signs are collected every hour in an intensive care unit, maybe a little more frequently. Uh, and then there's a uh, series of laboratory tests that we that we follow in patients. Um, but uh, as we patients become sicker or become more concerned about various organ systems that start to fail, fail we have other forms of monitoring that we can using patients, things that look at pressures inside the heart, flow of blood through the heart, uh, things that are looking at the blood pressure beat by beat, um, 
things that help us look at the uh, heart rhythm a little more closely. Um, and all of those data points are, are also uh, used to help monitor patients. Um, in the official medical record in a very sick patient in the intensive care unit, it's not unlikely that there's about 4,000 individual data points collected per day, uh, but that's actually uh, a minuscule amount of information compared to what is literally streamed across screens and just uh, deposited in, into the ether uh, because it's, it's a waveform or something like that. So the, a patient can generate gigabytes of data per day, uh, potentially, uh, in the intensive care unit. But right now, even with the data that is generated, I would figure that it's not even looked at unless there's an aberration. You know, there's a sudden change in something or a drop or an increase. Or, I thought it's just, um, I think they call it like management by exception. They just look for you know, alarms <laughs> or errors and otherwise don't don't look at it, right? There, there is a lot of that that goes on uh, in an intensive care unit, particularly in a sick patient or a patient that their physiology is changing. Uh, but um, believe it or not, your physician every day is charged with examining if you're really sick, all 4,500 data points that are generated, uh, and seeing what uh, seeing what the difference may be, and so it is uh, it is not uncommon um, that someone can spend a lot of time looking at that data. But you're right, uh, it's very true. The vast majority of of things that draw people's attention and certainly generate action is management by exception, and when things change in a patient. Well, also, too, I figure the uh, intensive care units are very busy, and then when there's an emergency, that sucks up everyone's attention. And then, you know, I, I don't know, I, I also figure it probably would be tiring to look at that much, or first of all, impossible, but then tiring to look at that data every day and say, all right, what does this mean? What does this mean? So I see how an AI helper would be, like, super important for it. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And so it becomes very obvious that, that fatigue sets in or trends that are that are very slowly creeping up on people don't become apparent um until much later in the course whereas uh whereas some type of ai uh would definitely say oh there's a change in this perhaps you want to be a little more focused or perhaps there's a change in three or four or five parameters all of which may make you suspect that something is going awry um mm. so so that's where Clue started its, its base in the intensive care unit. Um, and there are other companies that work in this space. There's not a, a lot of companies that work in this space, but there are some. Uh, but many of them are generating simply an, an index that says something bad is going to happen to this patient in the future. Um, yeah. And Clue really took the approach of saying, we're going to approach, they're going to approach the uh, view of, of the patient by saying, what actually do we do, do? Does Clue think is going to go wrong? So they're developing particular algorithms in the, in the intensive care unit space, looking at patient going to require uh, mechanical ventilation. Their breathing is going to become so labored or so difficult that they're going to require mechanical ventilation uh, in the next six hours, or the patient's going to require blood pressure medications to keep their blood pressure up uh, because they're going into shock. And the idea behind these things is, is not that, oh, we'll do these things sooner. That may be one of the interactions that people have, uh, but it would be that you could potentially intervene and avoid those, uh, those 
potential problems. Um, another target for them is is the early onset of sepsis in patients, and so detecting that uh, massive infection, uh, the early early stages of that, where antibiotics could be administered uh, earlier on in the course of that patient's uh, in the course of that patient's disease state, and potentially treated earlier with a better outcome. So that's where the company really so, started. Okay, a quick question before we go on. What, what are some um, <clears throat> surprising or interesting statistics about intensive care units that I would bet you've seen a few. I don't know what they are, but you know, what percentage of patients uh, come out of there okay, or what percentage fail and die? I know it varies per place, but are there yeah, any industry it's, stats that are shocking? Yeah, so it's so it's highly variable. Um, and so for patients that are at po after surgery, uh, surgical intensive care units, uh, mortality uh, for um, hospital stays is frequently cited to be about 5% um, uh, for all comers that are admitted to that ICU. Now, granted, there are some disease states that are going, we know are likely to be catastrophic and some where we say this patient's being admitted to the ICU for monitoring and we really don't foresee them having a problem. But in general, in a surgical intensive care unit, we say about 5% mortality. Uh, medical intensive care units are much more variable based on the nature of the patients that are admitted to them, uh, with mortality any, ranging anywhere from 10 to 50% uh, of patients that are admitted to the ICU uh, ultimately succumbing during that hospitalization. They may not, they may not pass in the ICU, um, but uh, getting out of the hospital is a series of, of, of barriers that, that are presented to those patients. And ultimately, some of them succumb to uh, things not in the ICU, but outside of it. What kind of conditions have like a very rapid onset that are very difficult to treat? You know, like steps is one of them or, you know, like, what, where do you see, if you can only pick a few things. Where would the AI yeah. immediately be the most beneficial, you think? Yeah, so I think in the ICU, sepsis is definitely a target. Um, there are, and this is actually a, a space where a lot of people are doing work looking for sepsis. But the um, uh, the that's actually a relatively rare occurrence that someone's in the ICU already and then becomes septic. It does happen, but it's it's not a high a high target item. To be honest with you, a lot of what happens in the ICU uh, that causes patients to subsequently deteriorate is uh, frequently associated with uh, their disease states, and they may end up becoming more labored in their breathing. Um, they may end up having uh, a lot of fluid uh, that we've given them earlier in the state of their disease state that then starts to mobilize and go to their lungs, and that can cause difficulty for them to breathe. To breathe, and so we can use essentially medications to to, to cause patients to urinate and, and get rid of some of that fluid. That's a very common problem that we see. Uh, we also see patients with heart rhythms that are abnormal, that aren't necessarily uh, constantly abnormal, that can be potentially detected, uh, that can keep them in the ICU or can cause them to deteriorate relatively quickly. That we might be able to intervene on earlier. Um, and then there are patients that are uh, otherwise have weak hearts that we know have weak hearts and they're in the ICU and we start to see them deteriorating early on and and the thought would be perhaps we can do things to help the heart uh, pump better rather than necessarily uh, letting the patient deteriorate into other forms of of organ dysfunction so that the heart begins to affect the kidneys and liver 
and starts to put a patient into multi-system organ failure, which becomes very difficult right. to treat. Yeah. So, all right, so we covered, you know, the, the initial premise of Clue and what the goal is. So where is Clue at today or, you know, what projects are in the works or, you know, what have you guys accomplished? Yeah, so so Clue's very close to bringing the first uh, the first iteration of their product to market um, uh, in the ICU and an early warning system of, of smart alerts for those things I talked to you about, uh, really focusing on the need for medications to increase blood pressure and respiratory failure. Uh, that's a product that's going to be layered originally in uh, electronic ICUs um, that monitor hundreds of patients. Uh, and the reason for that is it's very easy to get that data. And also you have an individual small uh, clinical team that isn't laying their eyes on patients as frequently as someone that is a bedside provider. So we think that that's the early uh, early target that can have the most impact. Um, but the the company is is has come to recognize that that patients are already in ICUs, they're already being watched by uh, really experienced nurses. They frequently have physicians that are comfortable with patients that are really sick. And what they've come to recognize is that the real benefit of applying AI is probably outside of the ICU and across the entire hospital uh, stay. Everything from actually before a patient ever enters the hospital to the time they're discharged. And the focus of Clue is really uh, focused on two things. It's first, improving clinical outcomes for patients, making sure that they get the care they need at the right time, making sure that they aren't getting unnecessary care that they don't need, and then also finding ways to, to make the hospital more efficient by looking at the patient's physiology uh, as opposed to just looking at the patient as a a lot of there's software now that will go ahead and look at a patient and say this patient is so old and they're admitted for this operation, this is how long they should stay. Um, Clue's focus is actually much more on looking at the individual patient, knowing more about that patient, including their physiology, to help figure out what's going on with that patient on a on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, to help advise uh, clinicians and administrators uh, on using the appropriate resources to care for that patient and to mobilize those resources throughout the hospital. So what are some examples? You know, have you hooked the Clue AI system up to, you know, sample patients? Uh, you know, what have you seen in the data that maybe, you know, a regular doctor wouldn't see to catch stuff earlier? Or you know, what stage are you at with this? Right. So in the ICU, uh, the algorithms are develop being developed and are being tested right now. Uh, focus on uh, that respiratory failure and uh, the need for medications to increase blood pressure so or, or hemodynamic failure. Uh, those uh, algorithms are, are designed to predict the need for those interventions uh, two to six hours before they would actually occur. And, uh, and those, uh, the, the algorithms are being refined right now. The original data sets were uh, collected on hospitals uh, outside of the U.S. and they're currently being uh, refined on data from the U.S. Uh, with the expectation that they're going to perform fairly well and get things right uh, roughly 70% um, to 80% of the time um, that it's going to say this patient's going to need some type of intervention. So that's the goal is to sort of say is to be at that point. Um, uh, and that's enough uh, what we would call positive predictive value that we think that pe that uh, clinicians will really find value in that. 
Um, throughout the hospital, they're just starting to work with large data sets on patients that aren't in the ICU. Um, but the initial work seems they seem to think that they can really generate some some pretty significant results uh, in early detection of of problems that exist in the uh, in patients through using published open source algorithms uh, and using some of the and using some technology that that they're developing that's proprietary to Clue. So what's involved in uh, getting this into you know, actual use? Do you have to go through like various IRBs and you know, is it, is right. it, so is the, it in a medical uh, device or system? Right. So the so the um, the process of developing the algorithms is is actually done using de-identified data from patients, um, which is, which goes through the facility's IRB before that that data ever ever graces Clue. Um, and there's also a mechanism that's used called a, a, a BAA, which is a business associates agreement. Uh, which, if we're working with a, an entity explicitly to improve quality uh, in those organizations, that gives us the ability to work with de-identified data on patients um, with the explicit goal of improving the process of care that's delivered in that facility. So uh, that's sort of the, the first um, organizational hurdle that occurs uh, with, um, uh, with uh, working with a facility and, and using this data. Uh, the the um, uh, once that data is is essentially once the administrative challenge has been overcome, one of the clues major assets has been a rapid ingestion engine of of this data. Um, so they have the ability to extract data from multiple electronic medical record platforms uh, into a single unified record uh, that enables them to do the machine learning uh, on 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 that data that's been ingested, and that's really a potent part of clues. Uh, Clue's uh, uh, portfolio is, is having spent the time to develop this machine learning architecture. Mm. So what would be, uh, how would you consider the project a big success? What kind of metrics are you looking for? So uh, so early on, being focused on patient outcomes, the, the company is really focusing on finding patients that are going to deteriorate uh, either in the ICU or uh, uh, other places in the hospital, and the goal is to have uh, positive predictive values that are in that sort of 70% range uh, to make sure that we're identifying patients that are going to deteriorate, and and then also making sure that we find patients that that we think are going to be fine that are fine. But ultimately, the real value of Clue is going to be in making sure that patients aren't receiving unnecessary care. Um, and that's going to make everybody happy. It'll help get patients out of the hospital sooner. Um, it will help patients uh, save money. It will make the cost of care lower. Um, and the hospital is a dangerous place to be. So finding patients mm -hmm. that can be out of the hospital uh, and home safely is is a major is a major obstacle. And one of Clue's real focuses is going to be on making sure that that patients that are that are likely possible to, candidates to go home actually are able to go home, that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed such that patients don't need to wait in the hospital another day to get prescriptions written or to have a physical therapy uh, visit set up or to make sure that they have the right home care so that they can go home. Uh, one of Clue's real focuses is going to be on finding those opportunities to find patients that, that don't need to be in the hospital that are actually ahead of their predicted pathway uh, and 
finding ways to get them home sooner. Mm, okay. I see why it'll be more efficient and, and better priced with the care. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so that's that's a bigger win than um maybe predicting uh people crashing in various ways and you know going into uh, well cardiac arrest so or whatever com- it is. Yeah, so the company is really focused first and foremost. The first targets for the company are are improving the quality of care that's delivered. Uh, and that's why the original efforts have gone into the ICU of finding patients that are going to deteriorate that can be helped and potentially saved. Uh, and that's always going to remain the number one focus of the company. But in today's healthcare environment with continuing costs that seem to escalate and uh, and providers that are, that are running thinner and thinner, being encouraged to see more patients uh, uh, in less time, and less able to focus on dotting the I's and crossing the T's, the goal of Clue is ultimately to to make care better uh, in all domains. So make it safer and less expensive. Mm, okay. So what's the roadmap for for Clue? How long is it going to be before you're uh, you know you're in uh, one or more ICUs and you know being used? Yeah. So the so Clue is currently running in uh, a couple ICs in the uh, U.S. Um, uh, it's uh, running at uh, UMass Memorial and is being installed right now at WakeMed um, for initial testing. Um, mm. The goal is to have a product on the market um, probably Q1, Q2 of 2019 um, uh, for the ICU um, uh, detection, um, ICU, uh, I, ICU deterioration detection. Uh, the kind of larger concept, the whole hospital concept, kind of a control tower for the hospital concept, as they're referring to it, is is scheduled to uh, uh, go into essentially develop uh, into the development partners starting in early 2019 with the initial platform, with it actively running in development plat and develop with development partners in in early 2020. Okay, well that's not long. That's great. No, no, it's it's an aggressive time frame uh, for. Uh, uh, for a medical device company, um, but it's not your typical medical device company. It's it's founded by folks from uh, the high tech uh, from the high tech world, uh, and they're used to getting things done faster than uh, uh, than I think your typical medical device company. Yeah, that's true. Well, very good. So, what's the best way for uh, interested parties to get in touch? You know, perhaps to collaborate or to to get the Clue system into their hospital system. Yeah, so uh, uh, clearly visiting the website first, uh, uh, cluemed or cluemedical.com is, is they can get information about the uh, company. Um, they can sort of see where things are going, sort of high-level uh, discussions are there. And then if they're interested, they can reach out uh, using the website to get uh, uh, a slide deck and more information that can be sent to them um, in terms of a uh, being a, an early adopter or a, or a development partner. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Dr. Bum, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's a pleasure and uh, look forward to uh, hearing what you bring, uh, bring to our ears in the future. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.